Hi, this is Frank, the co-host of the show. Just a quick advertisement and we'll get started. The show is brought to you by Viral Marketing, which is my firm, and Chris Waters, who offers a way to scale his real estate team systems fast and profitably in your market. I mean, he's done over a thousand transactions a year in Austin. It's a business in a box, if you will. Anyway, I encourage you to go to getviral.com and download a free copy of our official video marketing plan that we recommend uh, you implement to stay in better touch with your database uh, using video and social media and email so more people call you to list their home. I also want you to go to themilliondollarrealestateteam.com and get yourself a free copy of Chris's book he wrote on how he earned after expenses, this is net profit, $1 million in only three years since starting his team. So that's it. No more commercial. And let's get to the show. One, two, three, go. All right, do it. The Listing Lead Show. So what's up? This is Frank Klesitz with the Listing Lead Show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And thanks for enjoying the show. We wanted to create a show, like I've said in previous episodes, of what people are doing to get listings and try to keep it pretty on point to that. And uh, we've had some really strong guests, some of the strongest listing agents and teams that have really built the processes around uh, getting homeowners to call them to get a list of property on all the previous shows. And everything to date, all of our interviews to date have been with uh, producers and team leaders actually getting listings. But today's a bit different. And Chris and I have different vendors and people that sell to real estate agents all the time, reaching out to us saying, hey, can you book me as a guest? Can you book me as a guest? I want to get in front of your audience. And the answer has always been no. But you're going to meet someone here who is a tech or vendor person in this space that actually I reached out to. I actually reached out to book him because I think he's brilliant. And I think he is on the cutting edge of uh, pay-per-click and AdWords, pay-per-click, Facebook advertising uh, to generate listing leads digitally. We haven't had a lot of discussion on the Listing Lead Show of how do you get listing leads from pixels on a screen. And Guy's going to share that with us today. And uh, Chris Waters is here too as my co-host. Say hi, Chris. Is your microphone working? (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, every single day on the podcast, I think it's always fun where I get to have fun with Chris on getting his microphone to work and he's getting all set up right now when he's here. But Guy, I want you to say hi. G. Hey, everyone. G, G. not G. Yeah. G. No problem. I apologize. No problem. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hey, Chris. Can you hear me? He'll get you there. G, how What's long up? have you been? How long have you been working with agents to generate listing leads? Yes, uh, it has been uh, a twelve-year journey now, um, <clears throat> and uh, across two different companies. But I started in two thousand and nine with a company uh, called Tiger Lead Solutions for you OGs out there that remember. Uh, We were one of the first innovators in digital marketing and CRM technology and home search technology. Um, We called it an all-in-one platform uh, and it spawned a lot of competitors. It it was uh, Tiger Lead was the bee's knees when that came out. Yeah, yeah. It was really the first platform that focused on lead generation, lead conversion, and accountable marketing. Um, and uh, we we worked with some of the largest teams in the country and uh, built that business up to about, I think, 12,000 agents or so at our peak. Um, and 
we generated, we spent maybe five to seven hundred thousand dollars a month. Uh, so maybe eight to nine million dollars a year, uh, primarily on Google. Uh, so generating a ton of leads for our clients. And I was the head of marketing and product there. Um, and uh, that company was later acquired by Realtor.com. Um, we started, so for the last seven years or so, uh, I have been with, I'm the co-founder of a company called YLOPO. It is the last five letters of the word monopoly backwards because we're turning real estate on its head. And I love that, uh, by the way. That's good. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting five letter domain that we could afford at the time. <laughs> God, that's good. Um, and our, it. you know, what's different about YLOPO from Tiger Lead and, you know, other platforms you might have heard of in the past, like Commissions Inc. or a Boomtown, et cetera, is that we did not build our own CRM, right? The philosophy behind YLOPO was that we should separate out digital marketing, lead gen, lead nurture, lead communication from real estate operating systems, right? Like how realtors want to run their business should be based on their own prerogative, their own needs, and it evolves over time. Uh, but their MarTech stack, how they do digital marketing, what their brand presence is online should not change as they scale, right? Yep. And so um, we are 100% focused on digital marketing here at YLOPO. And it, it's what allows us to, I think, generate you know the best quality leads in the industry, do the best lead nurture in the industry, uh, but change over the times. You know, Every three or four months or so, Google or Facebook comes out with something new, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And we have to react to it. And, and I think we do that better than anyone else. And at this point with YLOPO, we are managing close to $25 million a month of media. Um, and so we're one of the largest media buyers in the industry when it comes to Google and Facebook marketing. Um, you know, have a particular expertise on the Facebook side, work very closely with that team. Uh, but of course, we're spending and you know, 10 figures as well at Google. I reached out to you. <laughs> because Chris and I had a discussion. We're like, we got to book a guest on who's spending a lot of money on Facebook or AdWords. Yep. And I was like, you know, even if we found the agent that was, they have no idea what's going on because they usually hire someone to manage it. So it was really difficult to find somebody like an agent that could be a, a guest on the show. And I was like, you know what? Let's book you the head of product that's overseeing it all. So I'm gonna, I want to cut to the chase. I'm going to ask you the top three ways people are generating listing leads online. Gee, Gee. Yeah. Sorry. Sure. Gee. Sure. Gee. Yeah. So let me, let, me, let me ask you this. Number yep. one question. I'm going to get right to it. What is the number one best way to generate listing leads online? Yeah, sure. So a lot of my answers here are going to be on data analytics and the numbers. I think numbers don't lie. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, accountable marketing is what matters. Um, so, you know, I, I will start with this, um, a average buyer lead or a home search lead on Facebook costs about $5, right? So that's someone who uh, sees an ad about a listing is interested in seeing that listing clicks on the ad and decides to fill out a registration form to see that particular listing that lead costs about $5, right? Out of those leads, uh, that we generate from people who are looking for a home to buy, 20% of those people answer the question, they need to sell before they buy, right? So if you do the math on that, 
if you generate five buyer leads on Facebook, 15 to 20% of them, so your, your cost per, you know, 15 to 20% of them are going to be sellers. And your cost per seller lead at that point, if you just take one out of five, is $25 for a seller lead, right? Maybe it's as high as 30. In some markets, it might even be 35. But you're talking about a $25 to $35 seller lead. What's great about those sellers is not only are you picking up that seller lead, but you're picking up four buyer leads in the process, right? So your chances of converting is you have a chance to convert those buyer leads into buying opportunities and that one out of five, one out of six lead is a seller. So if you look at other lead generation mechanisms for seller, whether it's on Facebook or on PPC, you're looking at a cost per lead around $50. So what, what, and I'm sure you get this insight from agents all the time, generate sellers from buyers, but I'm giving you the numerical data here that says that the cheapest seller leads you can generate are actually from your buyer leads. That's profound. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the way you position that is 20%. So really the effective cost of the seller lead is $25. Let me go a little deeper on that. You've done so much conversational analytics on like somebody opts in because they want to see a, they want to see a home, right? And then an agent calls them. How do you get them to give up that they have a home that they want to sell to? Yeah, it's very straightforward. So, um, you know, and this requires a little bit of technology, right? So we developed a so when it comes to lead generation, let me let me kind of put it this way. I look at it as there are four components to digital marketing lead generation. The first upfront is targeting. Who are you going to reach, right? And I can go deep on any of these subjects, but from a targeting perspective, if I wanted to reach sellers, I'm targeting homeowners, right? Very simple. How do you tell home, uh, target homeowners? A whole different story. I can get into that in a second. The second aspect is creative. What are you putting in front of that consumer that is going to get them to react in the way you want them to react, to click on the ad and potentially become a lead for you, right? The third is user experience. What is this consumer landing on when they click on your ad? What, is, what are they going to see that ultimately is going to build the trust and give them the carrot to actually register? And the final one is lead capture. How are you going to actually get this lead to fill out a form so that you have their information to nurture them into an actual prospect, right? So the, 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 the answer to your question is in part four. Uh, it's really all through the chain, but the magic really happens in part four. What we've found is that we need to have a really tight lead capture process that is dynamic in nature, right? That when you answer one question, we add it, it versus if you answer a question one way versus another way, we are going to ask you an entirely different set of questions, right? And what I'm telling you from the you know actual data is that of the people coming from Facebook, pretty similar to Google, there's not too much variance. About one in five, 20% of those people are going to say they need to sell before they buy. Of those five people, the next very next set of questions we ask them is what is the address of your property? What's square footage? What's the bedroom bath, et cetera, et cetera, in the entire seller funnel, right? So for sellers, we ask them a completely different set of questions, but the key is to get their home address, right? Versus their buyers. So that's how we bifurcate those two traffic sources. And look, it's not our, 
we, we, you know, if you're asking about scripting and all that kind of stuff, I'm not the right guy, right? I've got, you know, uh, Barry Jenkins and Gabe Cordova and other people in the organization that are realtors that specialize in that. Um, you know, my goal is to, within the lead funnel process from targeting all the way to lead capture, identify the ones that are sellers, right? And I will say that once they, we identify them as sellers, we can use automation to email, text, and remarket to that person to get them further down the funnel, right? What's, what's very interesting, I'll say this, is based on the leads that we have seen, buyers and sellers, and we have different scripts for each, right? Respond at the same rate when it comes to text message, right? So it's not like sellers are any less engaged than the buyer leads. You're really getting the same lead, but you are I, I, getting the consumer to self-identify as a seller, which I think is so powerful. There are great agents out there, many of them I've talked to, who do this themselves without this bifurcation, right? They just talk to every buyer and they can have the right scripting to tease out the seller. But I think if when we do it with technology, it takes that average agent who may not have that scripting ability or you know the salesmanship to tease out that information, we do it for them. Mm-hmm. That's the magic. Let me ask you some more pointed questions on this. So the number one way to get seller leads is by advertising your listings or advertising properties for sale that would typically bring a buyer lead. And I'm assuming this is done on Facebook and on Google. What are the main ways that you advertise your to get these buyer leads. Yeah, it's on, sellers. it's on Facebook and 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 and, and uh, Google, and uh, you know a little bit of Bing, but mostly Google. And okay. I, I call them home searcher leads, right? Because that's the entry entry point yep. they're looking for home search, and then they bifurcate on down. You know what? What I'll say is uh, I don't want the impression to be that Ylopo or just in general it does not work to generate pure seller leads. That's not correct. Um, well, that's number two and three. I'll ask you about the okay, other ways. Great, but just great, one great. of the first cheapest ways is yeah, coming through a home search. Yeah, that's right. Tough. But uh, I just want to go ahead, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> ah, stop talking, freak! <laughs> I know. There's just an avalanche of questions here. Please, so go I'll for let it. Chris go. Okay. <laughs> Hey, let me ask you a hypothetical question, G. Let's say, for example, you want to generate seller leads and you want sellers that have a high intent to sell in a very short period of time. How would you, maybe not how, but or what would you do to put some filters in place or various things to um, only work with people that are ready to sell in the next 90 days? Hypothetical question. Yeah, good question. So um, I would say, uh, you know, what we have found in this situation is that face, and this is not numerical, right? So I don't necessarily support this strategy because, you know, I think the data on it is better to do the strategy that I just mentioned. But you asked me specifically what I would generate leads that are looking in 90 days. I'll tell you that Facebook is probably going to be stronger, which is you know curious, but it is, than Google in this area. And the advertisements that we see best is actually a combination of sell my home, but with branding, right? And, and Chris, I think this will work better for you in Austin than an average agent in San Diego, wherever, that doesn't have the brand because you spend so much money on brand already. But what we've seen the best is to actually produce a, you know, 30 second video spot using your assets. And this is not 
you know, a video of you speaking into the camera, right? This is taking, for instance, your stats, your value proposition, your, 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 um, your offer, you know, instant offers as an example into a short 30 second video and advertise that to only homeowners on Facebook, which I can talk about how we generate it, right? Talk about that because you can't target it if it's a real estate special ad category just to homeowners, right? Yes. So um, at scale, uh, companies like Wilopo are able to go to third parties and buy this data. Like Axiom. Right? So, uh, you know, Axiom is one. There's four or five vendors that do the same thing. We kind of triage on the best source. Uh, but Axiom is definitely one. Um, and uh, they have a product called LiveRamp that actually enhances that. Um, the second method is that you can take all of your actual homeowners that you know definitively are homeowners and use custom, a lookalike audience. I think it's called special custom audience at this point on the Google or on the Facebook side and uh, build a, a audience of similar people using a seed audience of homeowners in your local area. We've seen both work. So basically, you could just download the property records of the whole county of all the homeowners from Title, upload as a custom audience. You know, and then we do a slight similar to that. Uh, I've never tried that before. It's possible. Um, email matching on purchase data like that from like, you know, Cole Realty, et cetera, the match rate is very low because it has to be yeah. an email address um, that the consumer uses they use for, on their for Facebook, right? Um, I think, you know, it's less important to have a lot of data and more important to have accurate data when it comes to the Facebook algorithm. So even if you had a hundred people in your database that you definitively know are homeowners, I would create an audience off of that hundred than 10,000 that are, you know, mismatch of people who are homeowners. In our how house. far is the percentage? Do you go 10% likely, 50%? Like how far do you drag that slider off of the hundred homeowners that you know are accurate. Oh man. I mean, I would, I'm in that 99 to 90% range. Oh, so you're going really wide off that 100, not very tight. Oh no, that, that's the opposite. I'm saying we're, oh, we're so going you're very, saying very tight, like very 1% tight. similar, yes. no more than 10% similar, really tight. Yeah, really tight. Um, because, okay. you know, it, it, let's take an axiom as an example, right? Like they will ID 60 million consumers as homeowners, right? If you use Facebook's algorithm at that 90 to 99% accuracy, you're getting between 2.5 million to 20 million. That's not that far off from Axiom, right? So, um, you know, it's uh, it's not it, it, the the you, you can get to both answers basically. Interesting. Let me ask. I've got another follow up question for you, G. So we have a lot of people that listen to this show that have you know some pretty high production teams, and they you know they spend a significant amount of money in mass media and various brand equity building type stuff with traditional media. You know, I'm kind of curious, like, let's say hypothetically you're spending a hundred grand in traditional media per month. How much would you, how much would you guess you'd have to spend in digital to try to, you know, increase your traditional media? Cause that's what it's building off of in terms of the, the number of leads coming in through traditional media. How much would you have to spend to like amplify the results of your traditional media? You know what I'm saying? Like if you allocated yeah. 20 grand to digital does that make that hundred grand in ad spend in traditional media, you know, increase lead volume uh, as a result of that traditional media by twenty percent, thirty percent? You know where I'm trying to go with this? Yeah, totally get it. Yeah, um, you know, I 
so the the numbers I would back into is cost per thousand impressions, right? So um, you know, how much does it uh, how much is it to reach a thousand people? Um, you know, on TV, radio, and digital, uh, you know, uh, Hulu, et cetera, all those channels, right? Uh, YouTube, et cetera. Um, Do you want you to know, know the answer to that or are you well, just asking? Well, I know for radio, I've heard it's between 10 and 15. Uh, for, for how much is it for TV? Is that, is that right? Um, so, I mean, it, it all depends on what kind of, you know, deals you negotiate and how much you're spending. You can get your read, your radio costs per thousand down to three to four dollars. Um, and then with TV, you can get it to about seven to ten dollars. And then, you know, like billboards, for example, your cost per thousand is incredible. It's like in the two to three dollar range. A lot of this is predicated on the how much you're spending, uh, the kind of deal you put together, stuff like that. But um, like for me, for example, when I'm looking at our our traditional media, I'm trying to keep our TV uh, cost per thousand under seven. I'm trying to keep radio under four and, you know, billboards are really tough to measure cost per thousand. You know, you're kind of taking what the billboard company says in terms of the total number of cars estimated per day. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you just answered the question, right? Like if you can back each source into one comparable metric, that's the way to compare all of them. I, what I tell you is that YouTube, you can get to $2 CPM, no problem. Um, you know, Facebook, uh, depending on how you want to reach people, you're between probably one to seven to $10, but it all depends on targeting, right? Like on the TV side and radio side, you can't just reach homeowners as an example, um, hypothetically on YouTube and on Facebook, you can, and that audience is more expensive. If you're looking at broad level, like you don't care just in demographic area, people who are 18 seeing your advertisement, you can get it lower than radio. Um, so, you know, if, if I were you, I'd probably spend some 20% odd percent on digital overall and split that out across a couple of different channels based on what's working. What's nice about Facebook and YouTube and digital in general is that you have a lot more tracking analytics to improve things. Um, you know, I don't think you have, uh, as powerful as, you know, uh, analytics on the, um, you know, on the, on the, uh, offline media. So as an example on Facebook, you can track your cost per through play, which is about a 10 second view, right? Uh, and uh, you can take 10 videos, put it on, on Facebook and uh, test out, uh, you know, which one is the most uh, kind of high performing and put all the media behind it. It just takes a lot longer to do that offline. What I will say is that potentially a good strategy is to go offline to online, or sorry, online to offline, right? So you take all the metrics that you can capture uh, from an online perspective, test out a bunch of creative solutions, see where's the uh, creative media, see what works best, and then take the best performing one and take it offline, right? So I don't necessarily think you need to think about it as an allocation only perspective. It is also a, you know, hyper, uh, you know, hyper focused testing mechanism to get you to the best creative. You know what I love about what you just said, for anybody that's read the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss, when he was trying to figure out what to name the book for our work week, he started running Google AdWord campaigns and, um, you know, put up these mock titles and wanted to see which one had the highest click through rates. And that's how he, you know, uh, identified the four hour work week as the top, you know, the, 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 he the headline that got the most attention. Yeah. Gee, I want to go back. 100%. Um, Two types of ads you share with us to get listing leads. One are the home search ads. 
why don't you really quickly, let's just go through those four things. Home search ads. What's the targeting? Sure. Um, to get seller leads, predominantly. Yeah, to get seller leads, right? So again, if you have access to an uh, Axiom, Oracle type targeting, um, you know, usually you have to do it through a secondary platform, but you know, you can kind of squirrel away different ways to do that. They give specific audiences for targeting as an example, homeowners. And so you can reach the 60 to 80 million homeowners that, that are uh, in, in the US. That's number one. Number two is you can take a audience, and this is probably the easier strategy for the average agent. You can take an audience uh, in your own database of people who are recent home buyers, I would say, or homeowners, I would say, maybe in the past year or so, basically all your closed deals, right? And then you can upload those into Facebook and create a, um, you know, I think for real estate, it's like special ad category audience or something like that. In general parlance, it's called lookalike audiences. And you can use that to create a audience of type homeowners that you can target, right? So that's the targeting. What's the creative? On the cre- yeah. Yeah. On the creative side, two different ways to approach it. There's, you know, other ways I would say. First, number one way is buyer ads, right? Show, showcase your listing. This is the easiest strategy for all agents, right? Showcase your listing, uh, turn it into a Facebook lead ad form. Uh, you know, Facebook lead ads has a option uh, to do branching questionnaires um, where you can ask one question, they answer one way, you, you know, you, you take them down one path, if they answer another way, you take them down another path. Um, you know, and, and so this is, again, easy ways for agents to set so it up. You, so you like the Facebook lead ads as opposed to driving them to a landing page or a page on the website? Um, not necessarily. I would say today we are driving most, we are going to be driving most of our leads to a register, a landing page. And I can explain logic why. But for an agent who Just wants to get this up and yeah. running really, Got really it. quickly, Lead ads are the way to go. Get it right. The the benefit of lead ads is it's native inside Facebook, so there's no load time issues. A lot of agents use websites super slow. It's not optimized for performance, and it takes like two seconds to load. You've already lost the user, right? So lead ads, you you have a you know instant load experience. And the second is contact information from the lead is pulled from their Facebook profile, right? So you're going to get more accurate phone numbers and email addresses, right? So you know from from a creative perspective. You know, buyer advertising, seller advertising, drive it to a Facebook lead ad form. Um, and you give me an idea of the, paint a picture of the ad for me. What does the ad look like? Sure. Uh, you know, really simple, right? Stuff. So, um, you know, what we do is we take, um, you know, a snapshot of a lead through every life cycle in the lead. So, new home price reduced, uh, you know, open house, uh, you know, on the market for a certain amount of time. Etc. I think we have seven stages in a listing lifecycle. And based on the status of the listing in your MLS, we automatically will run one ad versus the other, right? And so um, from the lifespan of an ad over 30 days, probably we will run three different ads for that listing. Uh, but you can do all of that manually, right? So imagine a listing that says, you know, price reduced home, you know, this home won't last. Um, you know, if you want to schedule a showing, click here, fill out this form. Right, very simple description of the ad. Uh, we usually do headline, uh, which is about two sentences, and then there's a click more option on the advertisement to see the full description. Um, you never want to disclose the price of the listing. That's the bait that people click on to actually register. We usually put bedroom bath on there, and then we put attribution, so which listing agent, broker, etc., all that kind of stuff. And uh, it, you know, so that's one ad. The second ad is a brand ad. And what's interesting, I just want to share with the audience, is these are all running to homeowners. Yes. 
So these are buy sell opportunities, right? And the type of listing you choose in the situation does matter. So um, you know, if we're targeting a homeowner audience, uh, typically we will run two styles of ad, either a trade up or trade down ad, right? Trade up ad is going to show new construction properties for the most part. That's what we found works the best. And uh, that's going to generate, you know, people who are looking to trade up and then trade down, we show ranch style homes, right? So we, we, we bifurcate that targeting into different creative options on the listing side. And, you know, but like, if you don't have those listings, it's fine. Run your own listing. I mean, uh, from a, a statistical perspective, um, the people who say they need to sell before they buy, it's 15 or 20%. doesn't matter what type of ad you're, you want to run, right? Because, you know, over 50% of homeowners in the U.S. Uh, or, or buyers in the U.S. are, are not first-time buyers, right? So just from a math perspective, regardless of the listing you are advertising, a certain percentage of those people need to sell before they buy. So run me through now that we talked about the targeting of how we target homeowners. We gave an idea of the creative when you're running a home search, it's basically not so much search for homes generally. It's getting more details about this listing, it sounds like. That's right. Got it. That's it should right. be like a trade up or a trade down because you're running to homeowners. That's right. Okay, they click on it. Let's say outside of a Facebook lead ad. Um, what's the bait? Why are they putting their information in? Yeah. So from there, they're interested in that particular listing. Right. But what we found is that rarely are they only interested in that particular listing. That listing's one photo or four photos, whatever it is, caught their eye. They clicked on that home. That's why they land on your website. Right. So if you run a Facebook lead ad, the challenge with it is you are capturing this lead's interest in this particular listing. And if they're not interested in that listing, they're not going to talk to you. Right. You, you have a lower percentage chance of converting them. What we've found is to drive that person to a home search website that is what we call a hybrid experience. So at the very top of the page, we feature the listing that they clicked on with the information that we've hid from them, which is basically price point, right? And then on the bottom of that screen, we show them nearby listings that are similar to the listing they clicked on. And what we find is that only about 5%-ish, maybe even less people will request a showing on the listing that is that they've clicked on. The majority the of those ones. people will look for other listings on the site, right? Now they're and that's in a the home beauty of having process. a good home search site that you drive them to. That's right. That's right. With similar options next to it. Yeah. So there's a lot of landing page optimization that goes into it, but that's the general gist. And once they engage in a particular listing, that's when our registration pop-up com uh, comes up and then we go into the lead capture phase. Now that has to be kind of, it used to be like, hey, give me your phone and email, but it's, 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 that's almost at the end now. Will you share with the audience about how the form works and how you ask questions to engage the lead and to get the max amount of information from them and send them down the right decision trees, like the actual form itself on the landing page and how that works? Yeah, 100%. So, so this is where we have done at Ylopo the most research in the last year. Um, you know, if you work with if you worked with us a year ago, if you worked with comparable platforms, saying Boomtown, Sierra, Chime, I can name go on and on. Um, exactly like you said, Frank, the registration experiences typically give us your name, email address, and phone number, and you're a registered yeah. lead. It's like right? going right for the jugular, right on exactly. The and that's not ideal. Exactly. What, what we've actually found is that when you take the consumer through what we call a profile building experience, you capture both a higher quality 
and a higher converting lead, right? So imagine you coming on here, the messaging says, hey, uh, you know, based on the homes that you've, see, you, you've looked at, you're interested in Santa Monica homes, three bedroom, two bath, complete your profile to see more homes like this, right? So we get their location, bedroom, bath interest, square footage, you know, do they need to sell before they buy? Yeah. Um, do you own a home? You know, more details about yeah, it. Yeah. Our, mm-hmm. our funnel actually captures at this point um, between 12 to 15 pieces of data from the consumer before we even ask their contact. Say that again. Right. Say that again. We, we capture 12 to 15 pieces of data about the consumer before we even ask for the registry. And that improves the number of leads. It increases the quality and increases the number by putting them through more hoops. It, 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 it dramatically increases the quality because these consumers are giving you more data. And also at the very end of the registration experience, you're setting the expectation they're actually going to get a phone call. So um, the number of active prospects that go through this funnel is higher than just asking name, email address, and phone number. But what we've also found is that there is a bump to conversion rates when we do this because we are building trust with the consumer that we're giving them information that they would not get somewhere else, right? Um, So it's very counterintuitive, but that's what we found. Um, But, you know, it's primarily on the quality side. Um, You know, on the performance side, we've seen, you know, about a third of clients having equal performance to just asking basic information. But a third of clients, 25 to 30% of clients will see a 15% plus conversion rate improvement. That's, That's pretty nuts. That's incredible. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So, so you know, what we built out over the last year is this is not just one form. Um, we built out what we call dynamic registration, uh, where we can apply different type of registrations to different experiences, right? So here's where, where it matters. Um, you know, we found that in vacation markets, as an example, ask the questions that are asked to tease out the best quality leads are totally different from a normal market, right? Uh, Consumers don't necessarily know what type of home they're looking to buy. So if you ask them three bedroom, two bath, square footage, all these types of questions, it actually uh, reduces the conversion rate and the quality because the consumer doesn't even know the answer to those questions, right? So asking them questions like, where would you be interested in living by? What are the features you're interested in? Um, get a much higher conversion rate, right? So, you know, you want to partner with a platform, and this is the advantage of us, you know, again, I'm just using us as an example, being a MarTech platform, um, you want to partner with a company that has the, and a platform that has the flexibility to adjust targeting, creative user experience, and lead capture specific to your market. That's profound. And it's really that dynamic choice of the questions and the ads do you have a question for you? At what point does artificial intelligence just take all this over? You know, I, so here's the thing about machine learning. It operates on a ton of data, right? So, you know, if I were, um, you know, if I were running a, uh, optimized campaign for e-commerce where I'm spending 30 to $50 million a year, um, running ads for socks and it's blue socks versus red socks versus polka dot socks, all the kind of stuff. AI machine learning kind of takes over, right? Um, if you talk to the largest spenders on Google um, and uh, perhaps on Facebook, primarily on Google, they'll tell you it's all up to the machines at this point, right? On the real estate side, when an average client is spending like $600, 
honestly, machine learning and AI doesn't even matter. No, does not even matter, right? Yep. You have such Especially small down data. The few number of clients in a specific yeah, market. Insight yep. is much more important in that situation than AI. Now, where AI has taken to the next step from what we've seen is lead qualification, right? And this is actually, you know, natural language processing type technology where uh, we are conversing with the leads like, uh, you know, a person would, right? Um, that type of technology, you know, A, takes a lot of data, but it's data that can be shared among clients, right? Like we are sending and receiving 2.5 million texts per month. That's aggregate across all of our clients. So all of that data is coming in and improving the machine, uh, making the conversations better. But for individual client, you know, machine learning AI on the advertising side, I don't think it, I don't believe it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for answering that. Thank you. That was a great answer. All right. So home search ads, we got some great insight to generate listing leads through home search ads. The second thing you share, I don't know if it's in order, but I do want to cover it. The 30-second branded ad. Yes. Let's go through the targeting, the creative user experience, the capture. Yes. What do you recommend? Sure. There? So targeting homeowners, we already talked about that, right? Creative. So yep. this is very Got important. That. So, you know, people talk about video in this industry a ton. Um, but, you know, the difference between social ready video and, you know, kind of the videos that most agents shoot, which are kind of vlog YouTube link videos are very different. Um, you know, you can go and shoot a really compelling five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute video that you are sending out on email or YouTube and all that kind of stuff that is fantastic, right? But if you run it as an ad, it will fail. <laughs> and the reason it will fail is because it's too long. Um, and, uh, you know, most mediums on Facebook, like uh, and Instagram, by the way, if you run a video ad, the majority of your, in your impressions are going to be on Instagram, right? They're looking for a 15 to 30 second video because you can imagine a consumer, if you're on Instagram or Facebook video, you're watching a video, something splices in, it's you're required to watch that video at that point, right? Like you are not choosing to watch this commercial. So if you have a really long commercial, by the time it hits 30 seconds, they're going to click the skip button. They're going to move on to the next thing, right? So if it takes you 30 seconds to do an intro because you're using a five minute video, try to compress into a Facebook advertisement, it's just not going to work. Like no one's even going to watch your video, right? And so, um, you know, what, what you want to do from a starting perspective is to translate your video into a, ideally Facebook even wants you to do a 15 second spot. We think that's a little too extreme, a 30 second spot, right? And so typically the type of videos that we've seen the best in this situation is less of a talk video, a vlog video where you're talking to the audience and you're explaining stuff on a whiteboard. It's taking, typically taking B-roll of you talking, you interacting with the team, all that kind of stuff, and then overlaying text messages on there, right? So imagine a video that has you in the background doing all this exciting stuff or whatever it is, and it says flashing up, you know, top team in Santa Monica, you know, 300 plus transactions. We've helped 48, you know, 480 families find homes. You know, click here and get an instant value on your property or click here and get an instant, find out how you can get an instant offer on this property, right? You can explain your narrative and your key value proposition in 30 seconds. You can't, you can't do a talk style. You can do it in the style I just mentioned to you, right? 
And, and if you take that 30 second, you know, uh, spot, it, you know, as Chris, you know, just said, it's very comparable or more comparable to a TV spot or a radio spot that you can play everywhere. Um, and you can play with a lot of different versions, right? Like Facebook and Instagram has a ton of tools that allows you, it's same with YouTube, that allows you to play five different videos that you edit slightly differently and run them against each other, right? Um, so, so that would be the first layer from a creative perspective. Now, with video marketing, there are sub layers to the creative part. And, and, and this is where um, audiences matter, right? Because, and this is another power of digital that you don't get in offline, which is the ability to remarket to your audience, right? So what is remarketing? It's basically getting back in front of people you've already gotten, uh, gotten in front of before, right? And so with a 30 second video slot, think of it this way, you get 10,000 people to see this video, 10% of them will view the video for over 10 seconds, so they have a recognition of your brand, you're less than 1,000 people, right? Rather than running another at same ad to 10,000 people, you can actually on Facebook create a audience of people who have viewed your video for 10, 10 seconds and then run a sub subsequent video, right? And that video will have a even tighter story uh, and uh, present a potentially a different offer, right? Or it might be a client testimonial or it might be different types of video assets that you think is gonna take the people downstream. If you go layer by layer deep, by the time you get to say the third layer, that's when you can play a talk video, a vlog style video for three or five minutes and it actually expect the consumer to watch that video, right? Because they've already built trust with you by coming down your funnel, right? So, um, you know, on the creative side, it's not just about getting that first video nailed. If you're going to do sophisticated video, You've got to create the custom audiences and remarket layer by layer to the people who need your content. Woo! Chris, did you get all that goodness? You know, for anybody, for anybody <laughs> listening to this, it's just slightly overwhelming. Oh, Whew, that was good, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. No, yeah. I got it. I mean, yeah, I got but, it. That but was, you know, gee, that was insightful. You know, it's not, it sounds daunting, but it's really not. You're talking about three videos that you've shot and edited, right? You, you set up the custom audience in Facebook. You can read a guide, just type in video remarketing audiences into Google. You'll find an article. You can set it up in 15 minutes and then it just runs perpetually, right? Like, so you're, you're two hours in on effort. You're done. <laughs> you know, you just let this campaign run. So you have three campaigns. One's running to the unwashed masses. The second one is running to everyone who watched, let's say, the first 10 minutes of the video. And the third campaign is everyone who watched the, or the first 10% of the video or 10 seconds. And the third one is remarketing all people in the first, that remarketing audience with like a more deeply engaged like case study or something like that. You know, one, yes. one of the things yep. that I, I loved you mentioned, G, is about the Facebook branching ads and, and profile building. So... For example, having a series of lead forms to collect more information about the consumer. Because if they go down that rabbit hole, they're going to have a higher intent to potentially sell versus your typical platform website like Boomtown, Sierra, yeah. Commissions, Inc., where they're just sucking out name, number, and email. And I, and I probably speak for most people listening to this right now. It sucks working those leads coming in from Boomtown, Sierra, 
you know, the list goes on and on because the, the consumer intent is so low, you know, they're just submitting their information so they can see some more damn photos, but 98% of them aren't going to sell. And the 2% that are, that are going to sell are like a year out or two years out. I'm not saying that it's not, I mean, it's obviously a good exercise in building yep. your database and opportunities to, you know, have more people to push your messaging to. But if you're a salesperson, there's this balance between being efficient with your time and effective. And as a sales agent, it's very difficult to like, you know, have a business and do well when you have to get a hundred leads to close one or two deals, especially if you're in a market where your average sales price is lower and your commission check is, you know, six, seven grand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is, you know, uh, Chris, you, you, you made a really good point. And, you know, because of how much offline you do, I think this is very intuitive to you, but not intuitive to most of the clients I talk to, which is that there is a, you know, inverse ratio between lead cost and lead quality, right? For the video ads that I, that I've seen run, and we spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on this type of advertising, our average cost per lead is like 125 to 150 bucks. You know, when I say that to an average agent, they're like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like I'm expecting a lead $5 or $7. I'm not going to pay for a $150 lead, but you know, those leads convert at five to 10%, right. And sooner than later. Um, and so you have to, if you're going to run the type of ads I'm telling you about on the video side, you know, don't look for the instant gratification of like, I got 10 leads and they cost me 50 bucks. You're going to have to be in, in, in the long haul and those leads are going to be expensive, but the close rate, you, you know, it's, it's gotta be frustrating on your NG because like so many agents get so caught up in like how, what, how many leads they have and not how many, you know, leads are converting into actual appointments, especially when you first sign up for a platform. I mean, that's got to be very frustrating on your end, I would imagine. You know, it's 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 frustrating when the expectation is instant gratification, where it's like, oh, I'm going to generate, you know, 100 leads in month one, and I better get three closings from that. Not going to happen, right? Like, I, I get very frustrated when I talk to clients about that. If you have a long view, first off, minimum 90 days, right? 90 to three to six months before you can have any sense of lead quality. Um, you know, but I think it really varies on budget, right? Like for our clients that have $300 to spend, I'm like Facebook all day, you know, don't try Google, don't try all this fancy stuff, Facebook all day. If you have 600 to $1,200 to spend, I'd say, okay, try PPC. You know, that's enough for you to get a decent chunk of PPC for the video strategy. I just talked about Chris. I mean, I think minimum you're spending five grand a month on media before you know if it's going to work or not. So it just depends on what your appetite is and your budget is um, relative to these strategies. Uh, you know, if I were talking to an agent with 600 bucks, $150 leads, First off, it's going to take you three months just to optimize that down to 150 bucks per lead, but you're only getting four opportunities, right? What if you close one out of 10? You might be three months in and still have no idea if it's going to work or not. You just don't have the scale to execute on these strategies. Only, I want to, I want to ask you, Frank and you, G, um, a, a marketing. So this is, this is incredible related question. Um, yeah. 
so company these there's some billion dollar companies out there spending insane amounts of money on Facebook ads. One of them being uh, Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow Offers. And by the way, I don't know if it, you could probably go into detail, G or Frank, on how you can do this, but you can go online into Facebook and you can actually look at all of the ads these companies are running by clicking on the page. It says like page transparency or something, and it'll show you all the ads the companies are running. Yeah. So anyways, so like I'm right now, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm looking at the um, ads that um, Open Door is currently running. Like I'm looking at the picture. I'm looking at the content. And, you know, most of the ads and most real estate agents listening to this, they know this already. A lot of the ads say, you know, find out today what we would pay for your home or get an instant offer today, right? Um, that That is going to generate a really high volume number of leads. And the conversion cycle on that is really, really long. And when you look at the bottom of the funnel, the percentage of people that drop out at the bottom that, you know, Open Door actually ends up buying their home, it's like, I mean, a tiny, tiny fraction, very similar to what we're talking about with what agents experience when it comes to, you know, buy 100 leads and like maybe you'll close one or two. So it doesn't seem very effective for solo agents to do it, but yet it seems like this is where these billion dollar companies are spending all of their money. How are they making it work? Number one and two, I mean, I just think from like a brand perspective, you know, like there's millions of people are getting served a potential offer on their home and it would be so easy for, for the consumer to be like, man, WTF, this is a low offer and it, and it negatively impact the brand. What are y'all's, I mean, Frank, you and G, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Just in terms of from like a brand equity building perspective or maybe it's downgrading their brand and then and then why would they be you know generating so many low quality leads like what are your thoughts on that <laughs> yeah um you know i i think first off like for open door offer pad all these guys like they're doing a cross-platform strategy here uh exactly like you said chris about your own media spend they're spending a certain amount of money on TV, radio, et cetera, and digital is a part of that, and it's part of their brand building budget. Um, you know, the the theory of cross-platform marketing is that you're getting in the in front of the consumer in multiple different ways. And so your aggregate conversion rate increases um, because you know, the person that saw your Facebook ad already saw your 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 YouTube ad, already saw your TV ad. So they have a higher propensity to click on that particular ad versus uh, you know, other channels alone, right? So a lot of these companies may very well look at their digital advertising as a loss leader to support other stuff, right? Um, so I think there's other reasons that they're marketing on Facebook and YouTube um, or, or these channels at scale. Um, the other thing is when you're marketing at scale, it's much cheaper. So if I were market to 100,000 people uh, versus 20 million um, it might be an order magnitude of 5x how much I have to pay a premium on that 100,000 uh, just because I'm getting so targeted, right? Um, and so if for an open door or offer pad that is just trying to reach as many people as, as they can to build um, you know, their brand, their advertising is probably cheaper than your advertising if you're doing it right, right? So um, if you're to try to compare what... OfferPad and these guys are doing open door, Zillow, Realtor.com, 
Um, I think it's hard for, it's not a strategy that will work for the average agent. Now, um, you know, again, for a, a Chris or another market dominator, that strategy may work because you're only advertising your local market, right? So you can spend whatever media you want to spend, but it's so local, whereas Open Door is in 50 different markets, they've got their media spread across all of those markets, right? So there are market dominator strategies for all of this. Chris can talk more about it. Um, for the agent, I believe your advantage is in your the tightness of your offer. It's really the four things we just talked about right? And the, the value proposition you bring to the table, that is different. So as an example, and by the way, what Chris was talking about seeing the advertisement, if you go to Facebook ad library, just type that into Google, it will bring up a website that Facebook set up. This was essentially a, you know, government mandated, you know, site, right? It, you can type in any brand like Open Door and see every single ad they've ever run. It's like right? a marketer's um, dream. You can type in any brand, you can see all that kind of stuff, right? You know, um, and but if you're looking at their ads, you'll see they're all generic in nature. They're they're saying, hey, I can I you know get an insta offer on the home, whatever it is. You know, they're not marketing a particular listing. They are not marketing your particular brand with your offer on it, right? So the more specific you can bring an asset into this relationship, the better it's going to be. And of course, on the targeting side, instead of broadly targeting, hopefully you're targeting homeowners, all that kind of stuff, and then lead capture, you know, uh, user experience, all of that matters. Um, so, you know, what we have done, and I'll, I'll tell you this, we've tried this, is we've gone for clients and uh, just basically took the same ad that Open Door is running, changed the colors, changed the branding, but essentially run the same ad for clients, you know, in their local market against their own advertising. And their advertising works better, you know. So I just think generic advertising, unless you're doing brand building, is not as effective as something that is hyper targeted and that is creative, that is differentiated in terms of the offer you're making. And so what about to the point of when when you okay follow through you click on the the Facebook ad and you go and find out what your home is worth or excuse me what they'll pay you know most consumers 99% of them are not following through with the open door offer yeah and you know that offer might be low or whatever and it could be i mean burning indirectly burning their you know, all this money they're spending to build their brand up. Would you agree or disagree with that? Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I would agree with that. These I will very say that, hypothetical uh, questions, Chris. you know, you know, I suspect you're privy to a lot of these conversations that these, these giant companies understand there is a lot of waste and they're starting to monetize those leads with agents through referrals, right? So, um, you know, they're making their funnels tighter uh, as we speak by monetizing more of that funnel um, and bringing ancillary services into the picture, right? Um, you know, what, what I say, again, taking it back to the average agent, exactly like you said, the conversion rate off of leads is typically very low. And so that's where remarketing takes over, right? You get a thousand people to come to your site. They all clicked an offer that said, you know, I, find out what your home is worth or I have an instant offer for you. 10% of those people complete your registration form and give you their contact information. 90% don't. Well, guess what? You have a Facebook pixel on there. You have a Google pixel on there. You can follow them around the, uh, with the web with a secondary offer, 
right? So uh, it's all about making your funnel more efficient. Um, you know, bigger companies do that by monetizing leads differently for, for the average agent. I would say it's getting those in front of those people into a remarketing. What do you guys think about from a call to action perspective? What could an agent or team or brokerage use to compete with the instant offer call to action, open door, offer pad, Zillow offers are using? The only one that I've played with, which is hard, is sell your home for above asking price where it's nothing but case studies of homes that sold above the asking price. And that's what you did. That's because that's a really good, that's one. what I'm saying is like, I mean, think about it, you know, G like, I don't want to play this game of instant offer slash I buyers. I'm going to be the full service agent. And what is, what do they want besides quick, easy and painless? I want the most money. I'm going to double down on the most money. So I will sell your home at your price. I'll sell your home for whatever price you want, or I'll sell your home for above asking price. And all it is, is a case study is a listed for this, sold for 10% more, listed for this, sold for more. Don't go, don't take these other options. Call me if you want the most money. Click here. There's a, a book written by a guy named Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. I believe that's the title. Story Brand? Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I read this book like, I don't know, two years ago when it came out. So I feel like what he would say is like, go in the complete opposite direction of what the iBuyer is doing. Like, you know, tell the story of, tell the story, an algorithm cannot walk in your home and tell you to the dollar what your home is worth and what the maximum amount of dollars you can squeeze out of it. An online algorithm will not tell you what the peak peak prices for your home and wall street and investors are not here to help you get the best outcome. And I think when you agree, well, that book talks about, you make the customer, the hero of the story and it's all case studies. Gee, let me ask you this. Do you have clients that are really good at telling the stories of how they helped homeowners or is that just not really hard for anyone to do? You know, I I have seen that done on email and especially, you know, video uh, post registration and on remarketing. I have not seen it done really well on acquisition. Um, you know, I, I will admit uh, I'm more I'm an analytical marketer. So that level of storytelling, I think, Frank, is, you know, what, what you do really well. Um, and so we might even collaborate on some stuff, love to do it. Um, you know, I, I think that. Uh, I haven't seen anyone translate this into an, a direct response advertising really well, but I've talked to a lot of clients who just treat iBuyers at this point as another selling opposite opportunity, right? Like they're going into a listing and they're saying, hey, we can list your home. We have a menu of options. We can do instant offers, all this kind of stuff, but it's all about maximizing what you want. Still going to pay me my 2.5% commission, but I'm going to drive you to all of these different options. So it's about choice. I think there's a kernel in there of really good digital marketing campaign. I just haven't created it and I haven't seen it out there yet. Neither have I. Neither have I. So I think we're just thinking hypotheticals, but if you were to go down that path and I've talked to a few agents that are like, dude, I'm not doing the, I just want to focus on my niche is who wants the most money, full market value, if not over your asking price. And it's nothing more than a 30 second hard hitting, 
video of like listed for this, sold for this, listed for this, sold for this, listed for this, sold for this. This is what we do. If you want the most money, click here for a consultation, book it. I'll help you understand all of your options, but we specialize in of those options for the most money. So maybe the audience could take something from that. <laughs> Which really does, which really does. If you're going to go down that path, you have to step up your storytelling game, right, G? hundred percent. And and again, this is yeah. where don't try to tell the entire story in you know in in five minutes and run that as a video, right? Like create it, create turn it into a thirty second video, then a minute video, then a four minute video, and sequence it properly. Um, you know, this is something that you can do on social and on Google that you can't do. I, I love that stacking the three campaigns inside the ad account. I never heard that before. That's an interesting way of thinking about that. That's cool, man. What would you recommend? Is there software you would recommend that's easy to use for anyone listening to create their video ads? Ooh. Like the little B-roll videos? Like, come on, there has to be something out there. That yeah. You like. um, oh, God. You know what? This is a better question for my um, my, my video expert uh, Kiwi on my team. Um, you know, we do it all in-house programmatically. Um, I would say, um, you know, uh, I don't know about the video piece uh, if this is connected, but for the average agent, if you want to do this remarketing craziness, and I actually think they do have a video platform, there's a uh, you know a tool called Ad Espresso. So Ad A D and you know Coffee Espresso, um, they are the leaders in SMB small business marketing. It requires work, right? It's not automated. It's not managed for you. But you can pretty much do everything that you want inside Facebook through a e easy dialogue as long you know as long as you're willing to learn it. Um, and so that might be you know the best video ad platform because look, creating the video, that's one thing, right? A lot of people can create the video. It's then formatting it into a square format, then a horizontal format, then a vertical format so that it looks different for stories. Yeah, making all the crops platform right. specific and then having it so even if the audio is on, you can still make yeah, sense. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Well, dude, we can sit here and be with you all day, man. I mean, we're all cut from the same cloth, all three of us. And this podcast can go on forever. But let's recap to the audience. You want seller leads? <laughs> Run really good trade-up buyer ads of your listings to homeowners, right, G? Yep. yep. And then second, maybe play around with a 30-second branded video that uh, cuts to nice really B-roll of everything you do that just has words on the screen with some music, maybe a voiceover of how you just crush it for people, helping them get their home sold, probably back to maybe a free home value report, instant offer, or just a consultation. Right? Yeah. Cool. Real quick, and we're not going to go deep on it. We'll spend five minutes and we'll wrap up. What's the third best way for someone to get listings online? Sure. That would be through Google PBC. And, uh, you know, you would target it keywords like, I want to sell my home fast. What's the value of my home? What's my home worth? Right? Like it's probably only 50 root keywords that you're looking for. And uh, you can use a lot of Google tools, a lot of Google trends reports, um, just Google it to figure out those particular keywords. Um, you know, most people can set up a seller campaign pretty easily. There's two challenges with it. 
The first is that the set of keywords is not magic, right? Like on the buyer side, generating home search leads, we have campaigns that has 70, 70, 750,000 million keywords. Yeah, they're really specific, really specific. Like a condo on this beach that has a pool. Exactly. Sellers, it's not like that. Yeah. Our seller campaign may only have 500 keywords, right? So you know, you're going to be targeting the same exact keywords that everyone else that has your idea is going to be targeting. And your cost per click is yes. going to be like $5 to $10, right? Uh, a buyer cost per click is 50 cents. So um, if you're targeting the same exact people, then at that point, um, your ad, your creative, and your user experience have to be really, really tight. It has to be differentiated, right? On the uh, seller side, what we do is we inject actual market data into the advertisement. Uh, Google um, actually allows you to, uh, you know, dynamically update your ads using their API. Again, this is, you know, you have to find a platform for it. Um, so I can insert variables like 48 homes just sold in your area. Click here to see the value of your home. Average price point, list price points have increased by $6,000 in the last 30 days. Click here to see this home, right? So, you know, you can make your, your ad very different, not just, and you can do that manually, by the way, right? It's 30 days data is not difficult. So you can, um, you can make your ad very different by injecting dynamic elements or elements that are expert expertise driven, right? So it stands out versus the open door. The, the second thing, this is what is more important is your landing page experience. Um, nine out of 10 landing pages in the industry are, you know, just BS, right? They're bait and switches. They say, fill out this form, we're going to get a free estimate value for, or, uh, value for your home. And you fill out this long form, you press complete. And someone says, Hey, we'll get back in touch. With I'll, you. Call I'll call you. you. Thanks for right? the lead. And, and the yeah. consumer is like, what are you doing? Instant gratification on the web. I thought you were going to give me value or they give like a shitty Zestimates value. Right. Yep. So we we actually scoured the web, you know, all of the different vendors out there, because, you know, we, we think this is, you know, something that you have to really focus on. And we partnered exclusively with a platform called HomeBot. Um, don't know if you guys know HomeBot, but what HomeBot does is when they when you get a address for the property, it not only knows what your home is worth, but it also uh, knows your loan data for the mortgage, right? So they can run analysis scenarios to tell you, here's your net worth for the property. Here's how, here's how much of a new home you could buy based on the equity of your home. Here's how much your rates can change and how much you can save by doing a refi. So it has like 15 to 20 data points that are always changing that gives a full uh, homeowner a prof you know, profile of their, their most important asset. Right. So when consumers register on our seller experience, boom, we automatically get them into a homebot report and we advertise that at the beginning of the funnel, show them examples of what they're going to receive. Right. So you, look, you know, you can use, there's other products just like homebot out there. But what my advice is with pure seller PPC lead generation is don't do the bait and switch. It, it's what everyone else does stand out by actually giving the consumer something of value. And on the landing page, show them the screenshots of what they're going to get to prove it before they opt in. That's right. My man. Gee, thank you for your time. Chris, you asked me to find someone that knows what they're doing with online ads. I think we delivered on that today. I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, I, I, 
I got a gee, I have a question unrelated to Ylopo. What what um like when you survey the the technology landscape in the real estate industry, uh, if you were to just brag on somebody else in the industry, who do you feel like is doing something, you know, game changing essentially to help agents grow their business? Is there any anybody you really like? Anybody so, some, somebody should go look up? So many, and it just depends on the you know the uh, category of product that you want to pick. Um, you know, I am personally really focused on analytics and predictive analytics right now. Um, you know, I think that there's a you know it, it, I'll, I'll put it this way: there's kind of there's so much gold in our clients' databases, right? In your database that are just laying fallow out there, and there's two ways to approach that problem. The first way is you analyze the data in the CRM and you find opportunities that aren't there before. There's a startup that I've been paying a lot of attention to um, that I think has some really compelling stuff that's coming out called Octum, A-U-C-T-M. Um, you know, I think they're only in beta and they're only for follow boss right now, but, uh, you know, they're building out really cool dashboards um, for you to visualize things. So it's almost like a conversion coach. Sisu is another product in this category. They actually integrate with more platforms that I find really impressive, but that's one category. Um, and then the other category is predictive analytics. And what predictive analytics means is take email address, stress, and phone number, and all these attributes in your CRM about a particular user, go out there and other data sources and find data that enhances and appends to the data you have in your CRM and find out trigger points to see if these people uh, have a higher propensity to sell, right? Uh, or buy. So, um, you know, whereas in, out of a database of say 10,000 leads, you only get 2,000 of them looking for properties, looking for homes, and you're actually off those 2,000 people, there might be another two or 3,000 people in your database that you could be communicating with in the right way based on other data that you don't have access to that are out there in the universe, right? I don't have um, a lot of names for you just because those are typically enterprise platforms that we're working with, but those are the two categories of technology I'm paying the most attention to. Right? Do you go check out likely.ai? Likely.ai. I've heard of that. Yeah. And then another one, I guess, would be like reevaluate potentially. Real reevaluate is another one for sure. Yep. A lot of clients like it. But we're going to wrap this up here. Like I said, we can go for hours. Gee, hey, thank you for doing this. Thanks for coming on. Yes. And gee, like delivering real knowledge. No problem. To the audience. That's really cool, man. Thank you. Of course, of course. And Chris, we ha we it's been a long time since we caught up. I'm, I'm going to give you a call. Let's Let's catch up too. Hey, are you going to uh, be at Inman next week? I am at Inman. Yes, let's uh, let's grab drinks or dinner. Okay, Frank and I are hosting a, uh, a little mini mastermind, I guess. What, Thursday? Yep, Thursday at the Sky Suite in Aria. Nice. I'll hit you guys up about that uh, directly. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Go to listingleadshow.com to watch, uh, listen to more shows. And if you want to know everything there is to how to get listings after this podcast is all about, uh, thank you and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.